Welcome to Burn the Ship, everyone. Thank you for uh, tuning into this episode. Uh, today's episode is uh, Brandon Dumbaya. Today's guest is Brandon Dumbuya. And uh, I'm really excited about getting to talk to you. This is the podcast where we connect professionals and entrepreneurs with other professionals that can really help you go all in on your business. Um, and Brandon's going to talk to us a little bit today about how uh, understanding hard work and not being afraid to work hard has led him to some success at different levels um, and different things in his life. And uh, most recently with Main Street Investments. Uh, am I saying that? That's the name of your company, right? Yes, sir. Cool. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how that's transitioned and those skills have developed into Main Street Investments and what you guys are looking to um, accomplish in the future. I met you at Real Estate Connect and it was really exciting for me to, you know, just be able to connect with somebody on that athlete level, on that entrepreneur level that is really looking to kind of make something of themselves. You know, Tristan and I talk about all the time that there's a ton of people, um, similar age range as us, similar background as us, similar skill set as us that are doing just so many, you you know, unique and diverse things that we want to continue to leverage those experience with our clients and audience and you know podcast listeners as much as we can so why don't you go ahead um introduce yourself a little bit tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, how you kind of got in you know what you like to do how you kind of got into what you were doing yes sir yeah so uh i'm an atlanta product born and raised uh not a lot of people that actually live in atlanta right now actually from here for sure um, anybody from around here can tell you that um so i have a lot of pride in the city i grew up on the east side and i grew up playing sports um i was a pretty accomplished football player um, and one thing about me, my family is from Sierra Leone in West Africa. I, I was born here. Um, I remember the first time that I went back to Sierra Leone uh, when I was 14. Um, just noticed the huge difference in just development, you know, coming from the U.S. versus like a, a developing country. Just noticed that there was a lot, there was a lack of, um, I just infrastructure development. Um, but I did know that there was a lot of opportunity. So I actually got interested in real estate back when I was like in high school because of that, because I wanted to be able to learn how to develop communities and take that skill back home. Um, but I didn't know that you could just, you know, get into real estate. Uh, I ended up going to college for engineering um, and play football as well. And then since then, I started getting back into real estate, reading up on it again, and then essentially rediscovered that passion and wanted to put as much energy and time as I could into it. And uh, I started my company a few years ago. Uh, we started off in wholesaling real estate and it was not a success. It was not a success. And I think the big thing about it was because I wasn't passionate about wholesaling real estate. It really was kind of somebody told me, you know, this is kind of how you get into real estate, this is how you get started. But without that passion piece, it just wasn't a successful venture. And that's something I realized about myself I can't just do anything for money. It's, there has to be like an impact. There has to be uh, a greater meaning behind just the profit. And since then, um, I've acquired a duplex. We did a heavy uh, renovation on it, put about $65,000 in renovations. I'm in the process of refinancing that right now. So that was my first investment property. And now I'm working on a commercial deal. So just working on scaling up and getting to that next level. But it's been a grind and um, I'm happy where I'm at. Sure. How passionate were you about football? Not that passionate, surprisingly. Hmm. Like, people even are surprised now because, like, I played football, went all the way to the college level and played football, and I never really loved football. It was more so a means to an end. Like, where I was growing up, if you wanted to be successful, you either played sports 
or you made music or you did some things that may not necessarily be legal. So I chose football as my route to get where I wanted to go. And from there, I was like, all right, if I can make money doing this, then I can start branching out of things that I really want to do. But I was not that passionate about it. Even now, like I don't watch sports like like at all. It's rare that you'll see me just watching a football game or any kind of game. So people sure. kind of find that interesting because I played, you know. And you played at Tech, right? Yes, sir. Where'd yes, you sir. go to high school? So I was the cab. Oh, cool. Cool. So yeah. that um that is interesting to me. You know, that that is very interesting to me and it becomes one of those things where you look at like natural raw talent and athleticism versus like the desire to really be great at something. What do you see as the future really of, you know, main street investments? Like what is your end goal there? I know you talked a little bit about your experience in Sierra Leone, but what is that impact that you hope to have when you guys are kind of firing on cylinders like you plan to be in the future? Yeah. So it's a, a layered approach. So I have two main passions and you can kind of see in my background, like I went to school for engineering um, and there I discovered a love of technology and innovation. I already had a passion for real estate. So what I want to do with my life is marry those two passions into something great. Uh, so the whole process is, and this is like my 10 year plan that I developed a couple of years ago. Uh, the first start off in real estate, start building portfolio, building, um, knowledge, credibility, connections, and of course, capital. And then if you do that after a while, a few years, um, you'll start to learn a lot of the headaches that come along with managing a, a real estate portfolio, especially on the commercial level at that scale. And leveraging my technology background, I'm already working on a technology for real estate. Um, like I, I learned how to uh, code in a job when I was in school. So now I've been using that to create file or create programs that can manipulate Excel files. Um, so even like what I'm working on right now is going to handle the financing, uh, financial management of the property that I that I have the two unit. So I can read bank statements, pull in information, uh, manipulate data, and then be able to output information that is key like the the kpis key metrics that i need to manage my property so i want to continue in that direction as i learn more and build my portfolio i have more of a grasp on what needs to be built and i'll be able to work on technology for real estate so it's a real estate company but it's also a tech company um, but it's like creating the perfect marriage and having that balance that's the the long-term goal sure and what's your other passion so that, that's it. Is it real estate? Oh, just both of those things being married together. Another one. Um, yeah. But it, in those uh, two things that I also think are incredibly important uh, in the future of real estate at any level are one, affordability. Um, like right now, the, the housing market is ridiculous. You can see the prices of houses going up, the rents going up, and it's leading to an access problem for a lot of people who don't make a whole bunch of money, but they they still deserve and need somewhere decent to live. So affordability is big. And then also sustainability. If you look at um, just where the world has been going in terms of climate change, even if you look at like, um, I don't like to get into politics, but the new administration, a lot of things that they're driving is, is to the point where sustainability is going to be on every real estate investor's agenda. You need to be able to comply with laws that I foresee coming down the pipeline and even to capitalize on incentives that I see that are going to increase in the future. 
So I definitely want to keep those two things in mind. Sure. And how, you know, what, tell me a little bit about for, you know, for people that don't understand, what is the reason that the housing market and the real estate market is reacting to what's going on around us the way that it is reacting? How do you guys kind of plan to take advantage of that? Yeah. So you're seeing a few different shifts in like real estate as a result of this pandemic. Uh, One, people are not as tied to major cities like moving in or living like within the the perimeter so to speak so they're starting to branch out people are starting to move out to the suburbs because if they're not if they don't need to come into work every day or at all then there's no need to be proximate and then a lot of people have spent so much time at home over the past year they're realizing that they don't like their house they don't like their living situation or their apartment so we've seen a lot of people wanting to buy houses or buy something new or move somewhere else. So they're investing more into their home life because they perceive, and I believe that they're correct, they're going to be spending more time at home in the future. Even if you're working, you're going to be spending more time working from home. So there's been a lot of real estate activity because of that. And then also the pandemic was very lopsided in how it affected people. People who are on the quote unquote bottom of society who made less money, they were the ones that had higher unemployment. You know, a lot of them were the ones that are feeling that financial struggle. Whereas people who were more in the upper class, a lot of them were making more money. A lot of entrepreneurs, big businesses, or working professionals were making more money and spending less as a result of the pandemic. So then now you have one group who is making a lot of money and also interested in buying real estate. And then you have another group who really can't afford much. It's like, it leads to that imbalance. You see prices going through the roof. And then like people who are at the bottom are kind of essentially locked out of being able to participate in that upside. That makes, um, that makes a lot of, it makes sense, but tell me how it is that you guys decipher what deal is good for like, and, and you answered my question perfectly. What, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, but how is it that, you know, as you're kind of assessing the market as um, tumultuous, you know, is changing quickly and there's this big rift that I, I don't know if is growing or shrinking. I don't, I don't really know enough to, to, you know, attest to that, but how do you know what is a good deal for you? And how do you know what that deal is going to look like, you know, once your renovation is done um, and everything and, and what the market is going to look like, how do you kind of predict those things, you know, because, if I'm seeing this upswing and tell me if I'm right or wrong, I'm, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. logic in here that may not apply at all. So tell me this, if there is an upswing now in price and value, is there a down, there's gotta be a downswing coming in the future, right? So how do you, how do you kind of attest these, you know, how do you uh, vet out these deals and kind of understand the, the lifespan of these deals and what that's going to look like, you know, six months now when the work's done? Yeah. So, uh, the big thing is that you can't really predict the market, but you can be conservative in how you think the market is going to go. Uh, for instance, like Atlanta right now, where I live, is incredibly overpriced. Like pretty much every deal we look at is way above what makes financial sense. And for that reason, we haven't been putting any any offers in in uh, apartments in Atlanta. Um, the deal one deal we have is in Little Rock, which is, in the, which is an emerging market. So I think that taking advantage of certain markets that aren't as hot is almost like being contrarian in a way because everybody's rushing to Atlanta, everybody's rushing to Dallas. Um, But like these markets are overpriced. So a lot of people are paying 
and I mean, it may work out in the end. It may work out. We may still be on this upward trend for the time that they hold that property. But as for my company, we're not going to bank on that because we don't we don't know the market. The market falls out from under us. We don't want to get caught with our pants down and have an asset that we pay way too much for. Sure. So we want to assume that things may take a turn for the worse. So we have to be able to handle that in acquisitions. Um, we have somebody like, and I work in a broader team, and we have someone specifically that does broker relations because we want to get deals off market before they get in passed out of, before they're listed on the broker website. There's no deal that is 100% off market, but you can find deals that are a little less competitive by just putting the work into relationships. And then once you buy right, you know, everybody in real estate says you, you make money when you buy. So if you have those relationships that can lead to deals where you can acquire the property at a lower purchase price, then you greatly mitigate that risk of the market falling and then you not being able to recover from it. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And tell me, um, I like what you just said about putting the work in with the relationships, how you make the money when you buy. Since you've been passionate about the technology and real estate and, and things and building these relationships within these communities, how has your work ethic and your ability to, you know, your, your learned ability to work hard been of value to you? It's, it's really open doors. Um, I think also not just working hard but working smart and being strategic are, are very important because you maximize that work when you're strategic about it. Like, I can tell you that that work ethic and willing sacrifices open doors for me. I started my career in real estate a few, few years ago, but I didn't start really getting into commercial real estate until last year. And it was like a, just a ridiculous amount of work and time. Read several books. Um, I invested in probably 20 to 30 hours of online uh, video courses where I learned how to underwrite commercial properties. And then once I spent like a few months doing that and getting a good grasp on things, I started putting a lot of that time into networking. So it was like a layered approach. It was first kind of understanding the qualitative knowledge, then learning that skill of underwriting, and then going out there and networking and using that what I learned to be able to add value to other people. And it was at a point where I was, I had so many meetings on my calendar because I was trying to meet as many people as possible. I was going to different networking sure. events having one-on-one -on -one conversation and follow-ups from those events. And because of that, I was able to network into a partnership that already had a lot of experience. They, The people I'm working with, they have collectively probably 100 years of experience because they've been doing this for so long. And I was able to get into that group because of the work that I put in. And like they needed somebody to underwrite deals and they had tried a few different people, but I was one that was willing to be working until 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, even though I have a W-2 in order to get the, the deals back to them in a timely manner. So because of that work and willing to sacrifice in the beginning, they brought me on into a partnership and I have an equity stake in the commercial deal, even though I really haven't been doing this that long. Sure. And so how, you know, you said that your first venture with kind of the the wholesaling, the, the bird dogging aspect of real estate wasn't a success for you. How is it that someone can, you know, someone we have someone out there in our audience right now, I'm sure, that is very interested in taking the approach that you took of kind of permeating themselves into the real estate market. Where would you say is stop one for that person to develop some of the skills that you've developed in the real estate world? 
I'll say the the first thing is making the decision. Like, if it takes, you know, reading some stuff and figuring out, you really need to make a decision and figure out that real estate is what you want to do. I think that's the case with anything, any venture. You have to make a decision and not turn back because persistence is going to be the driving thing to learn anything. If you're not persistent about it, then you'll never get anywhere because once that first roadblock comes, you'll stop. So first making that decision and then starting to get educated and learn, all right, where exactly do I want to fit it into this market? And then as you learn more, you get exposed to more. And the more time you spend in it, you'll start to figure out your path. And then with with each um, with each thing that you learn, you learn more about yourself and what you need to learn next. So a lot, I think a lot of times people want to wait for all the lights to be green before they leave the house but you you gotta just go you gotta start driving and then you'll you know you'll hit a red light and then you gotta figure out how to get past that and then it'll turn green and you get to the next step and the next step so first is like just getting started then getting educated and start forging your path um but i recommend uh podcasts such as yours um books uh on the subject you just gotta kind of gain knowledge and it's something that it takes time to develop Sure. And it takes time to develop that, you know, the skill to learn, you know, that's something that you've got from engineering school that I think probably goes unsaid for a lot of people is that you knew how to learn, you know, you knew how that process worked for you personally, that, Hey, here's how I take an information and retain it. And I'm going to apply a lot of that same logic to what I'm doing in the real estate world. Um, just a follow-up to that is as you develop those skills, you know, as someone within our audience or yourself is developing those skills, becoming, you know, qualitative, you know, acquiring qualitative knowledge, um, really educating themselves, reading the books, listening to the podcast, networking, um, what skills should they be on the lookout, you know, to develop that are going to have an impact? You know, what, what, man, maybe I can ask you this, this way is, you know, what skills have you developed through this learning phase through, um, the networking phase to really understanding early on in your business that you have to uh, have the ability to underwrite, have the ability to assess deals. What other skills, you know, passive skills have you developed along the way that other people can probably look to kind of obtain if they take that same route? Yeah. Um, one, I would say it's good to be able to sell. That's a skill <laughs> that I think a lot of people don't really uh, think about, and I actually read a book on sales uh, by Zig Ziglar. It's like one of the classic books on sales. Um, and sales, a lot of time we think of like, oh, I'm selling a product, I'm selling a service. But sales is really just persuading somebody to do something that will benefit them. That's all sales is. That can be in a job interview. If I'm sitting across from a hiring manager, I want to persuade him to hire, persuade him or her to hire me because I'm the best guy for the role. I'm the, I will bring value to that business. And that goes with any relationships. Like that's the biggest thing. You got to understand how to first maximize your value or figure out like what, what you can bring to the table that's valuable and be able to relay that, that value to somebody else, because that's going to be key in uh, finding you business partners or finding you clients or uh, even winning deals, like you got to be able to sell the person that or the broker, sell them on the fact that you can close on this deal. Like th- there's a, that's one of the things that I think it often goes overlooked. So sales is a, a big skill and just learning how to talk to people. Um, 
I'll say that's the most universal. And then the second one is just really being consistent in your relationships, your networking. I think you're you're great with that. Like I remember when we first met at uh, Real Estate Connection, we talked for a few minutes. I'm like, I, I've known this guy for so long. <laughs> it's like that in itself is a skill, being able to charm people, being able to get them to like you and want to work with you. It's not necessarily manipulative, but that goes a long way in being able to get what you want down the road. Sure. And so tell me, um, you know, like you, you've developed these skills, you know, you're learning networking, you're, you're learning sales, you're learning um, real estate, you're, you're learning all of these different things just about the business world. One thing that I think goes kind of understood in this whole equation is your understanding of technology. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you through the te- through learning about the technology world, I'm sure that you are you are like I am, and, and Tristan is in the marketing world, where we're constantly looking for tools and opportunities that can make our lives easier and better. You develop an eye for those things, and like not even an eye, like a nose for those things. Like you can smell, like hey, I can look at this thing and like. I know that if I use this the right way, it's going to be good for my business. You know what I mean? Because the, if you develop an eye for it, you're just catching on to the marketing. But really being able to say, hey, I can apply this here and it's going to be good for me, I think that's a skill within itself. You know, and, and the beautiful thing about this is that, you know, we're going to put this podcast out to where a ton of people in the real estate community are going to hear it. We're going to send it out to some people in the real estate community and they're going to sit there and think as you kind of lay out that question originally and say, I think that, Brandon is someone that I should know because he's going to create tools in the real estate world that are going to be valuable for me. You know, so you all, you, you, you bet you kind of have one more lens. You know what I mean? Is like you take it one step further when you look at these things and you say, okay, here's a, here's a problem that maybe I don't, you know, we talked about hard work earlier, but maybe I don't have to solve this problem with good old fashioned purebred hard work. Maybe there's something that I can create that, makes my life and your life and everyone else's life a little bit easier. You know, so I think that as you continue down that road and you 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 have that kind of nose for identifying those problems and shortcoming within that prop tech market that you're you're gonna do really, really well. Um I have to ask, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you do? You're talking like the real estate or like the engineering? Like oh, just in general. You know, if you're if you weren't on the, the real estate technology path that you're on right now, um, what do you see yourself, you know, being passionate, spending all your time doing? Hmm. Um that is a good question. Uh I would say like if I wasn't in real estate, I'd probably be more focused on the corporate side of things. Like um Right now, I currently work for a large beverage manufacturer in Atlanta. Um, I was thinking like long term, at one point, I may be interested in working for a tech company just because it's kind of exciting, like working for Apple or Google. Yeah, it's definitely Um, a different vibe. (laughs) Yeah. And like just and also just um, especially like if I was to move out to the Bay Area, that would be pretty cool. Just, you know, change the scenery. I've been in Atlanta my whole life. Uh, pretty much so yeah take me with you i'll go in half on a condo we're gonna need it so it's gonna be five thousand dollars a month for us to live out there but um yeah well i guess you'll know you know i've forged some relationships for us out there because get somebody to cut us a condo deal for 1200 bucks a month and i'll go with you for sure (laughs) uh but that's pretty cool man i mean just getting to know you and understanding kind of your personality in general has been interesting to me 
you know, because uh, like I said, I identify with those people that think like athletes. I identify with those people that mm-hmm. think competitively and continue to grow their skills. So um, I think you're a really good resource for anybody that's looking to have some questions answered and what that, you know, investing in technology space looks like for real estate. Um, so tell us how we get in touch with you if we want to have a conversation with you. Yeah, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Brandon Dumbuya. Uh, Brandon spelled normally with an O-N. Um, and then uh, Dumbuya, D-U-M-B-U-Y-A. Uh, so that's the best way to reach out to me. Um, and uh, also you can reach out to me by email, uh, uh, brandon.dumbuya at gmail.com. Cool. And then, you know, our, and you kind of make up a portion of our ideal audience. You know, our ideal audience and hopefully the people that are listening right now are those people um, that are seeking to kind of carve out their space in the entrepreneurship world, whether that is gaining the skills, creating the network, making that decision about what business they want to be in, like all the pointers that you gave us earlier. Um, Tell us what, you know, burn the ship and, and really deciding to, go in on your own business and really say, Hey, this is the path that I'm going to carve out for myself. Even as you still have your W2 job and everything, tell me what, um, that power has meant for your business as far as making that decision to say, Hey, I'm going to do this as well as kind of what you think about other people that are leveraging that same decision. You know, how, how do you think that they should kind of qualify what it is that they should do and how they should make their next step? Um, yeah. So in terms of me, like really putting on the gas, I'll say there was some, uh, my father passed away last year, uh, last year, January, uh, prior to the pandemic. Sorry to hear that, and, sir. Oh yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's fine. Um, but I think the, one of the big things, cause I was already kind of on this path. I was already, already had started my company, but since then it's been more focused. Uh, primarily because, you know, after he was passed, the question that came, came up, like, who's going to take care of the family? So it just felt like there was a lot more pressure, a lot more weight and more responsibility. And because of that, it's been like all gas, no breaks since then. Also, it got to a point like in the last year, I was very close to burnout because like on my vacation from work, I was still working every single day on real estate, even longer hours than like I was for my W-2. So, it's, it's been, um, that, I said that was one of the biggest things that kind of made me like really focus in and hone in. As far as other people who are trying to make that decision, I think the biggest thing is first understanding what you want to do with your life. Like, where do you want to go long term? Like, I spend time every single day meditating and visualizing the future that I want for myself and for my family. And also just reflecting. I also journal every day to reflect on like where I am now, where, how things are going on a daily basis. And you learn so much about yourself. You learn a lot from your current situation and your reflections. And you learn a lot about where you want to go and your visualization. And then that really kind of drives you to figure out how do I go from point A to point B? Because you have more understanding and more clarity on where you are now. And then you start to figure out the path. So I'll say that's the biggest thing is understand where you go 10, 15, 20 years from now. That really has a lot more impact on the decisions you need to make right now than a lot of people tend to think. Because any venture, any endeavor worth doing, especially one of these big monstrous endeavors, is going to take a lot of runway to figure it out. A lot of runway to figure it out. And that's why so many of them fail. 
because they want to make a one-year, two-year goal, and they don't give themselves enough runway to get such a large endeavor off the ground. So it's like you got to have that that long-term planning, and that'll really help influence what your very next step is. Sure. Well, I think you've given us a lot of tidbits here. You know, you've given us a lot of gold in this podcast. You've get plenty, definitely given me plenty to think about. Um, so I'm interested in kind of continuing this relationship, you know, continuing to get to know you and making sure that we feed off each other because, you know, I like the energy um, that you have and, and the approach that you have to your business. So I'm looking forward to uh, taking everything that we can out of this, you know, and putting it out there to the world and hopefully some other people kind of create some uh, – some traction from this and and i'm really looking forward to kind of having you within our family and seeing if we can continue to make some connections for you that are valuable so i appreciate all the uh the tidbits that you've given us today and uh any help that we can be to you or, or our audience i'm sure that uh you know those people are very giving you know us and and the people that really identify with us and our brand are very giving people and and give intentionally so looking to make some connections for you, make some value for you. Um, and hopefully we can continue this conversation, my friend. Um, I think that, uh, that you're off to the races, you know, I think it's going to go well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on as well. Let's burn the ship. All right. Glad to be on. Thank you.